We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes, today, yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as this man sounds like he just coughs up a lung. Just looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And if you can do that you know, People talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff Yes, yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Don't press sin. Aisha Curry presses sin and becomes the center of the basketball world, unleashes a national debate because of her tweets following game six. Then you have Steph's meltdown right in front of all of our eyes. You have the king entering his place to cause, it's like the, the, the matrix as he tries to test history coming back from 3-1 deficit with his Cavaliers. Woo, enough said. Game seven. I mean, it's been lining up. You know, we have this text message group between myself, Game Changer, Bill T, and, I mean, the analysis going on. I haven't been participating as highly, but, I mean, breaking down the game, Kevin Love trade. I mean, this stuff is just creating all kinds of, of, of conversation and stuff. And this is what it's all about. Game seven, enough said. As always, uh, we thank you for for being with us uh, on this podcast. This is one mic uh, as part of the Real Sports Guys platform of, of things we do. Uh, please check us out at realsportsguys.com. Uh, you can also get us on iTunes. Please uh, leave a review. Let us know. We're trying to trying to improve and start the movement. You can get us on Twitter. You can we're on Facebook. Um, as well, you know, join the conversation. You get to all those platforms if you go to realsportsguys.com. 
You can click on the platform that you'd like to engage us on. Uh, we love to have you. Uh, we brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, and uh, we welcome you over to Blog Talk Radio airwaves uh, as well as iTunes. You know, please, please, please let us know how you feel. And so at this point, I want to, when I think about my Bless the Mic session, I want to spend some time talking about this this kind of conversation that has evolved nationally around the reaction to Aisha Curry's tweet. Um, and you've had a number of things going back and forth between um, different folks in the media. You got stuff going on between Aisha Curry and Stephen A. Smith and um, you get these conversations around the role of women and wives in sports and, and where they are, I, you know, and it kind of drove me crazy because I just want to, I want to simplify it. I'm just going to simplify it. Nothing about gender roles. It's not about that. It's not about Aisha Curry versus Savannah James. This is about a basic concept that exists in any relationship you in. Do not create additional work for your spouse, partner, or significant other in their workplace. It's a basic thing. Wife is a teacher. I cannot, it's not for me to create something in the district that then makes her job teaching more difficult. It's enough, it's hard enough keeping the second graders focused. An example of this. Waggy P, you can't add any more drama into Iggy's life, given she's already in a world where she's battling Nicki Minaj, and you're just giving Nicki more material, other folks more material. She's got enough work. She don't need you add work to her life. Jay, you can't add more work to Beyonce's life. The elevator scene, she's on top of the world. It's something else she's got to explain. And she's got to deal with. You, you can't, she has a workplace she's trying to work in. Can't add any more work to the life. And so it's it's a basic principle between two folks who are in a relationship that it is not for you to add any more work in my workplace if my workplace is already difficult enough. This is not about your voice. It's not about supporting. It's not about people can make a lot of other rhetoric around that. But it comes down to that basic principle in a relationship. Unless I say, hey, it's great for you to go ahead and do that and need that support. And so it's not that kind of space. And Steph was already dealing with a meltdown. <laughs> he had already so he had already gone to the podium and explained his own behavior in the game and now he's got to answer for all these other questions as he entered a game seven. And everybody's emotional around it. But it's a basic principle. We don't have to make it into any large social issue. It's anybody in a relationship, no matter the context of your relationship, that it is not something that I would want to do to add to make somebody you care about, they, they work even more difficult than it already is. And it, it, could be, it could be in any way in which you think about the roles in the relationship. So, you know, I think that's something that is kind of getting lost in this. And, you know, I think someone like Steven, Steven kind of, a. Smith kind of dug it even deeper for himself in a way that, um, you know, he shouldn't have uh, even gone there, but chose to go in that space and he chose to do it that way. I would not have countered it that way, 
you know, I would have simply done the same thing I just explained to you. There's a basic rule in relationships in which it's not your role as a spouse, significant partner, whatever side it is, regardless of gender, regardless of that, to add more work into a place, particular place that is more difficult. And um, to me, that's just always something that I've always uh, ascribed to. But she did it anyway. And the other side of it is what I love about her is she's ride or die. <laughs> and see, that's the other side of it. And that's probably one of the reasons why he found something that he connected with her that led to them getting married, that she, she brings the spirit. So I'm not knocking that either. I like the fact that she brings that energy. She fighting. She in the fight just like he is. So that's the other positive side of that that I really love that most people don't talk about. But as, you know, Steph will live with that, knowing that his wife is in the trenches with him. Uh, he'll live with that. But that's not the story for Game 7. That's all window dressing. That helps occupy a couple of days while we are out here. But now we at Game 7. We sitting here looking. One of the great moments in sports, whenever you get a Game 7, because there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. I love that scene for Rocky Three, one of my favorite movies, when he's, he, he tells Apollo tomorrow, tomorrow. He said, there is no tomorrow. There is truly no tomorrow. If you ain't got your game today, if you're not ready today, if you don't bring it today, then you're going to have problems. If you don't bring it today, then you're going to be going fishing in the hardest way, the most public way that anybody could go fishing because there is there is no tomorrow. So when I come back after this short break, I want to take a few minutes to kind of break down the game in this short podcast. You listen to One Mike with D. Wilson on the Real Sports Guys platform. We're going to be talking about Game 7. turnaround. What happened? How did we go from 3-1 to 
to tied at 3-3 with a game seven? What happened? Um, you know, what happened is you had a situation where you had the Draymond Green factor. And I think anytime you have a team down, you have to be able to take care of them. And when you had that Draymond Green suspension, which, you know, and, and I would say in many ways LeBron was still having his way. But uh, when you had that game five in uh, Oakland and Kyrie and, uh, and LeBron went off, there was something about LeBron, which was already beginning in game four, that he went to this place. And if you look in his eyes, this level of just – kind of comfort, less stress about he kind of put caution to the wind, which is always dangerous when you have a legend like that. And everybody was, was really going off about LeBron's game, I mean about Kyrie's game. But what's interesting beginning to see in game four was LeBron found his jump shot. It was kind of weird. You know, he had been struggling all year, but then he started hitting a couple in a row. And what the jump shot does for LeBron when he has confidence in it is that it opens the game up so much for him, and it gives him a counterpunch uh, in a way to the way in which Golden State wanted to play him. And it opened the game up in the floor up. You know, he shot shooting 50% from three, which is huge. Um, and even his pull-up game. Um, and we hadn't really seen that in about a year, uh, which which changes the game, gives him another tool in his arsenal. Um, and Kyrie, you know, one of the interesting things about the 41 points that he hit is that Kyrie, they had five assists in the first half. I mean, six assists in the first half. Kyrie had five. And I'm not looking for Kyrie to have 10 assists. Well, I'm looking for Kyrie to do a little, little, uh, just enough passing to keep him honest, give him a thought that he might give it up. And he's found a really good balance between kind of getting people involved and shooting his game. Those two things are critical to kind of keeping Gold State off balance. The other thing you're finding is, you know, this whole argument about, you know, what would Golden State do against 90s teams, and you hear Kerr complaining, they get a little dose of 90s defense, and they struggle. A little bit more physical, closing out space, making them a little more comfortable, not letting them have free movement, uh, making, them, uh, making them adjust on their cuts, no straight lines, uh, is, is causing some problems. And then you have the bogus factor. You know, bogus is a lot like Cartwright used to be for the Bulls. Now I play a lot of minutes. But they establish a guy like Bogut establishes the tone of the game and how things are going to run. He does something special in terms of establishing what is almost like an illusion because he's in there for like maybe the first six, seven, eight minutes. But in that time, he closes out the paint. He basically claws he claws the paint and creates difficult. That then, even when he comes out of the game, still feels like it's still there. Uh, they're not able to start that way with him, given his injury. And so that's a huge factor. He only gives him 12 minutes, but what he does is he establishes uh, a tone and a mindset on defense. Um, and then on the other side of it, he can pass. He can set screens. He does a lot of little stuff that kind of establishes. So even when he's out of the game, he kind of he continues to go on. 
and it shapes even the way Cleveland plays, even when he's not on the court, because he's so effective, particularly in that first quarter. You don't have him there. So what does it mean? It means Steph has got to just fight through it. It means that Clay is can't just rely on a jump shot. He gotta get to the basket. A lot of times Clay gets in the lane, sometimes he looks timid in the lane, which he shouldn't. He should be finishing strong. He's gotta be able to do that. You know, their bench players um will step up. They've been kinda of quiet. Those bench players have been quiet. They haven't been as strong as they were in the first couple games. You know, and one of the challenges of a game seven is that nobody wants to be the GOAT, not the greatest of all time, but just the GOAT in terms of the person who messed up. <laughs> they don't want to be the scape. We ain't talking about the GOAT like Jordan. They don't want to be the scapegoat in this thing. And so will they tighten up? Because they really need those cats to come through. And then we got, you know, the Kevin Love factor. You know, Kevin Love is a, is a, is a, an enigma here. Not only – how he's playing, but how people perceive who he is within the context. It's one of those things that when you think about the fact that the Cavaliers made a, a coaching change midseason, like who makes a coaching change midseason? And then you still end up in the finals with a game seven, which means that is a tremendous effort by an organization to be able to do that. Not many organizations can do that. But then, you know, try to find your way. And I think LeBron, you know, people getting on him about – I think he said – the. I mean, using the Chris Bosh moment, you know, as a as something for Kevin to pay attention to, is important not only because of what he did in that game seven or game in that in that in that game to like uh, really kind of keep him going, whether it was screening, whether it was grabbing a rebound, whether it was defense or whatever, but also on the other side of that, Bosh was able then to find his way into offense in the next season. And so one of the things that's been interesting about this is I'm a big three-iteration person. You've only been through two iterations of this group, and really it's the third iteration where you start to see it happening, that people are already ready to bail on this. Um, you know, I, my boy Game Changers come up with all kinds of trade opportunities. You know, Phil T, that, you know, he's kind of adopted the Cavaliers. Is what do we do with them? And in my mind, I would say if you can find a way to keep him but then add – a piece that can really back up LeBron, meaning that, you know, someone like even someone like a Harrison Barnes who can score down low and outside and defend, you can get a guy like that um, and add that into the mix. The other thing I think is that you give, um, you give Ty Lue an offseason, uh, what you'll see next year is, if they keep him, is the prominent role that Kevin will be playing with the second unit, where – he and Kyrie would start to develop some chemistry, kind of like a Stockton Malone type thing, where you got an offseason and you could really start to put that in where where he might be scoring, you know, 50 to 60% of his, his points and rebounds with that second unit. Um, so he's still getting the points that he normally would have, but the distribution would be more with the second unit. So some things you can do without getting rid of him, but I've just been intrigued by this need to be knee-jerk uh, with uh, a lot of this stuff, when you got a team that actually is in a game seven, win, lose, or draw, you know, after switching up coaches halfway through the season. And so I don't know if I'm that far off, like you got to move Kevin. Um, the one thing, the other thing that I think has been great about this series is that Kyrie is, he's not getting enough credit, is picked up defensively. See, the problem is you can't have both Kyrie and Kevin on the floor if one of them doesn't raise their level 
defensively. If Kyrie continues to grow defensively, then Kevin is less of a liability even in that unit. But you can't have two of them. And so everybody's attention has been on Kevin Love, but the problem is you can't play both of them because both of them weren't playing elite level of defense. So you can only play with one, and Kyrie's offensive scoring is more consistent, so you're not going to take him out. So I think part of the game is how do you is, – is Kyrie continues. I think this series has really got him more committed to the defensive end. That then stretches to him as he goes to the next level next season. He's a role defensively. Then you don't have that same problem of both of them on the floor. Because Kyrie could, if he wants to be a, you know, if not a solid defender, move to that elite status because he's a he's smart enough player, good enough athlete to to really understand how to be effective de- defender, um, you know, particularly under the guidance and tutelage of someone like LeBron, who they seem like they're really connected together, this kind of big brother, little brother uh, relationship. And then Ty Lue, somebody got to say something about him. You know, everybody, you know even I was saying, well, what is David Black thinking when they're down 3-1? You know, Tyler did all this work and got here and just getting outcoached and struggling. And then for Tyler to make some adjustments, the Mo Williams, Mo Williams brought Mo Williams off the bench. That's some old school stuff. That's some stuff you used to see back in the 80s and 90s. You bring a cat who ain't really been on, bring him in the game, hit the running little jumper baseline. That 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 says a lot uh, about things. And so, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about how this is going to go. You know, legacies are on the line. You know, Steph, you know, they won 73 games. They won 73 games. Woo! And you at, you right here sitting at the last one. What? How do you view this team if they lose at the crib in a game seven? Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to think about. That's a tough one to live with. What do you do with this team? What do you do with this team? What does that mean for LeBron and his legacy? To to, to come back from 3-1 and beat a team that had the best record, regular season record in history. What does that mean for LeBron? You know, I'm excited about, you know, kind of where this is going. Um, I'm excited about game seven. I'm going to get together with my guy, uh, Mo Red. A lot of y'all heard Mo come on. Um, he's one of our contributors here on RSG, so we're going to get together tonight. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, and all the mothers who are playing fathers out there. Um, you know, we uh, who, who have to play that multiple role, um, you know, we, we want to say that to you as well. Um, you know, it's uh, – it's a great day, um, you know, and uh, we're excited. And, um, you know, when we come back, you know, after this time away, you know, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to try and break some things down. I'm going to try to kind of think through, you know, with you kind of what I, how I see the flow of the game going. You know, what uh, is uh, – uh, you know, uh, going to happen, how is it going to happen in ways that, um, you know, we can begin, you know, to to kind of understand and break down, you know. You know, we're going to get some fun here before we close it out. It's game seven, y'all. Enough said.
can't wait. Can't wait. I can't wait. You know, um, game seven, the Cavs and the Warriors, Oakland, it's going to be off the hook. It's going to be incredible. The energy, uh, if you've ever been out in Oakland, man, when the game is going on, them fans, the energy is going to be off the hook. LeBron's going to come in there probably after watching Godfather. If I were him, I would have watched Rocky Three. you know, you know, because they were on the mat. You know, they got hit by Clubber Lang. You know, he had to go regroup. He had to get his Apollo Creed on. He had to go back into the to the basic, had to go back to training the way. You need to train, go back to the stuff that got you there. And then he had to regroup, come back and face your fears. And I think he's ready to face his fears. I think LeBron has has come to terms with what his legacy will be or not be, and okay, whichever way it's going to go. And that's what makes him so dangerous is that there were times where he was just kind of, you could tell that it was just uncomfortable. He was pressing. But I think win, lose, or draw, he's, he's comfortable with how he approaches it, which is, which is a weird place to be. And I think it's one of the major reasons why they're back in the series is that he's just reaching his place. And when he reaches a place like that, there's nobody in the court who can handle it. And now he got his young partner, his Robert, Kyrie, who is putting folks on skates, coming with him. And now they got to figure out who's going to be the third guy. So how's this going to go? Well, it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. Energy going to be hyped. Steph going to be hype. He ready to crip walk on him. You know, you know he hit that, that, that big shot against OK City, went down and crip walked on him. He ready to do what he needs to do to kind of get the rhythm and the flow going. Kerr is trying to find a way to say it's us against the world. Everybody think we crying. You know, he, he reaching for his inner field, Jackson. He's already complaining about the physical play. Took the fine for it, but that's a field move. He learned from it. He's trying to trying to say they bumped on my guys. He's trying to create an opportunity for them to get a fast start. And twenty five thousand, I guess, is, is really worth it if you're trying to win a world championship. Steph got ejected, so they all gonna come in here with this energy. And the key to it is giving all this swirl. In these moments, you have to find a way to be calm. You got to find a way to be under control. And there's gonna be some key players in this. Um, I think the the in a way, resurrection of Richard Jefferson. You got to think about it. This guy went to the finals his first two years, I believe, in the league, and, and hasn't sniffed it since. He got the he got the uh, 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 Danny Marino treatment in his career. Thought he's gonna come back every year, you know. And now he's got a chance. He's not letting it go. If you watch Richard Jefferson, even at the end of Game Six, he's over there with Tristan Thompson, coaching him, talking to him. You know, and I always said that one of the things that Cleveland was missing last year was a vet. They had vets, but a vet that the youngins would respect because he was also contributing. And Richard Jefferson's kind of moved into that, that mold of that vet in there, which is critical. He's been coaching. He's, he's been coaching Kyrie. If you watch these games, you go back and watch these tapes, watch some of the work he's doing. And when they were leaving, when they, when they left uh, at the end of the Golden State game, I think he was next to Kyrie coaching and, and, and thinking to the next one. You can't, you, you know, everybody's talking about LeBron leadership, but it's that kind of leadership 
of a veteran that even can talk to LeBron straight up. And LeBron gonna listen to is is what you what you need. And so and I think he's very comfortable in this series. The health of Iguodala, the man who I love, he run down the court with his hands backward, looking like JJ when he make a good move. His you know, resurrected his career and goes to always been a great player, been that that second tier All Star, um, but they got the MVP last year and it's kind of his heart and soul in these big moments. Um, you don't know what his injury is going to look like. So these kind, of, but the, but he's also a kind of vet that is always lifting and working his team. And so these are two critical veterans, uh, and, and and really looking at what they do tonight. The stars are going to come. Stars are going to come in these moments. Steph is going to find a way to get his game off. Clay is interesting. You know, Clay could come or he could be. He's an interesting guy, but I think Steph is going to come tonight. When Steph walked off the court, pointed to LeBron. See you in the Bay Area. Steph, Steph bringing his tonight. Okay. I think Dre is going to bring his tonight, heart and soul. But will these other guys space them look a little scared shooting the ball? They weren't as aggressive as you, you, would, you would think they, they should be um, in terms of uh, um, what you would expect from them um, in terms of getting off the big fellas. I mean, their big fella rotation is going to have to be figured out. Them three bigs um, uh, uh, need to do something. You know, Barajal got to do more than fly. You know, and so um, the bigs for Gold State, they got to find a way. They're going to need a combination. Between those three bigs, they got to give you, you know, about 12 points. They're going to have to give you somewhere around 10 rebounds. You know, catch some charges. Maybe about two, three block shots. They got to get something out of them. Um, in that way, what Bogut would have given you, they got to give you. Tristan Thompson's game has got to travel. His game has got to travel with him. He got to give you a double double. He got to give you a double double. I, I need Kevin Love. All I need Kevin Love to give me tonight, if I'm clear. Is between 10 and 14 points, but I need about 10 rebounds. And out of them 10 to 14 points, I need him to knock down at least two threes. If he go like two for three for like three for six, I'm fine. Engaged. If he give me if he give him 18, then it's gonna be some problems for Golden State. I need Richard Jefferson to give me about eight ten. Means he's getting the spot shots in about two two steals, about four rebounds. You know, I need his activity up there. From Kyrie, if I can get from Kyrie between twenty five and thirty, LeBron can be between thirty and thirty five. Close to a triple double. I got a feeling LeBron might get a triple double tonight. Steph is going. Combination between Steph and uh, Clay, they're gonna have to score around 58 points. I got a feeling that in the last five minutes, the game is gonna be within about three points. Either way, and this is gonna feel like the NCAA tournament finals between Carolina and Villanova. I got a feeling we're going to have one of them walkout buzzers tonight. 
There's been blowouts on either end. I got a feeling this one, somebody falling out of bounds for the game winner. This 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 series only deserves that. Would it be crazy that both the NCAA tournament and the NBA Finals Game Seven in the same way? You know, for the basketball purists and fans, this would be probably one of the greatest two seasons a year of basketball we've had in a while. They're gonna have me watching the WNBA and we'll see who gonna that finals is gonna be incredible. I already watch it. Now I'm gonna watch it more intently because I just think this this is a basketball run right now. It's gonna come down to that. And in my vision I feel like For Cleveland fans, I feel like it's going to be the ELO moment in reverse. It's going to be something with LeBron around the free throw line. He had a shot like this uh, game six for the game winner. I keep getting this image of him pulling the Jordan and running up on the scorer's table with his arms in the air. It just, everything that felt like was a fairy tale season for Golden State, I picked them before the before the playoffs. Phil T took me to a game in Cleveland at the Q, and I was in there, and it hit me. It hit me. There was a moment in the Toronto series we had the game where it was near the end of the game. I think it was, the, and it was the game that that uh, that your guy walked out. Everybody say he walked out and had to go take a breath. I didn't see it. Um, uh, and uh, Lowry left the bench because that game we were at, and we, you know, we were in arena, we didn't see it, but um, he had a triple double, and they had the camera on him, and every time they showed him, the fans started to scream and yell, and then he turned up and he saluted them, and the place just went, just erupted, and at that moment, I realized the pressure that's on him like no other person, like not even for someone like a Jordan or Magic or Bird or any of these people. Like when you are playing for your hometown team, um, and when he was down 3-1 and we everybody was writing him off, he went to this place where he realized that he had to just be comfortable with his life and just do the best he can. It's almost like you put your faith on something. And you just do you. Like he just went to this place. Like you hear him saying, I'm just going to sleep well. Right? He's taking himself to this place. And I feel like there's going to be a moment tonight where he's going to raise over like Iggy Dollar, like Jordan raised over Elo. He's going to drop it. And he might even go do that Jordan, you know, where Jordan jumps up in the air and kicks the leg out. And I just feel like it's going to be that moment. And then post-game, all the chatter is going to be happening at that point. Uh, you know, we'll have our podcast, all the fellas in the area, everybody have their opinion. But we will have been rewarded. And this is nothing against Steph. I think Steph is only going to get greater. I think Steph is learning with every great small superstar. I think there's things he can learn from watching Isaiah's career and just the toughness that, you know, to be a guy small in stature amongst the trees. Uh, I got a feeling Steph was going to win four championships before he's done. 
Uh, I got a feeling he's going to transform his body in the offseason, knowing that similar to what Michael realized, similar to that, knowing that people are trying to get physical with him. I'm, I'm seeing him. You'll see him um, looking at his body looking a little bit different next year um, so he can get ready for that. Um, but, you know, you know, all the stuff points to to Golden State winning, which, you know, could happen. But I just got this feeling. I don't know what it is. There's nothing scripted that it's going to be close down the stretch and LeBron's going to do something that will forever change the way folks view his role. And, and we, he will go from getting a small piece of chicken to at least a medium piece of chicken in that small room. He ain't going to get the big piece. MJ going to be holding on that thing like it's a big grip. But MJ is going to hand him not a wing, but he might hand him a breast and say, you've done well, young man. And uh, he will, his stature will grow in that. And we will have been rewarded with seeing two of the greatest players of all time, Steph Curry and LeBron, in a moment where they could give us a lot. And I think for that, we should feel blessed. We should feel you know, what I don't want to do, I didn't want I don't want to, like, lose this moment that we're in, you know. I don't want to watch the 30 for 30 for it in five years and, like, man, I wish I would have paid attention. I'm, like, trying to pay attention to every detail of this series because there's something about it that I realize. It's the, it's the storyline of Ty Lue and coming into something after, you know, letting the GM – uh, David uh, Griffin know that it was a mistake to get rid of the coach and that it wasn't right and then yet he had to just accept it and go ahead and be the coach and then grow up right there um, in front of it and go up against someone like Steve Kerr who just loved by everybody and then Steve Kerr coming from back injury and uh, Walton you know helping him get out the gate with the incredible streak at the beginning of the season and um, then Steve having to come back in and people are arguing about the coach of the year stuff and Definitely the unanimous uh, MVP and folks going crazy about that and like you know and just uh, you know the, the 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 Curry's being the first family of the NBA and you know LeBron is just sitting over here still performing and and like you know you must have forgotten and then you got Kevin Durant who is saying I'm still the man and he's got them on the ropes only to watch them slip out on him when he when he's trying to go in it was like. You know, it's like it was like Ali against Foreman, <laughs> and, and OKC was Foreman and just you know tired out and, and got done in in the end. You know, it's what makes this game so great. It's what makes sports so great that we are able to kind of see these stories play out. We are able to to kind of see what makes it so great to be part of something like this. And, you know, what I what I told myself is that I'm not going to let it go without just enjoying it. You know, um, the bottom line is I, I called my mother and, Realized she was rooting for Golden State. Like, this is the first time my mother and I have probably been on the opposite side of any team. Going to Michigan, we both probably rooting for the Wolverines and then the Pistons. 
and my mother was talking junk. And this this is a woman who never says anything. And she was competitive in this and, 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 and even broke down that, you know, Barnes usually plays better. She broke Barnes's game down on the phone. I mean, I'm like, I get my I get you on the I gotta get you on the show. Mama broke it down. And when your mother's breaking, you got the mother's loving staff and the sons. And this is like, this created such a, a great conversation. But at the end of the day, we got two great young men, Steph Curry and LeBron James. Both these folks are have larger visions and connections to the community. They're the kind of athletes we really want to be who they are. They are not without flaws because of their competitors. There are moments that are going to show up that you might not be proud of, but these are both folks off the court who understand that this is still a game and they want to have a greater impact. And in some ways, we have just been blessed to now have an opportunity to see them play one more time. This is D. Wills, one mic. Real Sports Guys platform, please go to realsports.com, uh, you know, connect with us on the podcast on iTunes, and uh, we look forward to doing this. Enjoy the game. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.